Hello, everybody, and welcome to Charts with Dan. It is a special Memorial Day wrap-up edition, and the reason why this show wasn't live on Tuesday mornings like it usually is is because we had a very close race for the all-time Memorial Day weekend record. I wanted to get those final numbers in, which I did, and so we've got a lot to get to. Let's just jump right into it. Before we do, though, I want to thank, as always, my partner here on the show, Carbon Health. I'm happy to be with them because I believe in what they do, which is to make healthcare as accessible and affordable as possible. And as COVID numbers start creeping up a little bit during the summer season, if you're in need of some low-cost antigen tests, you can pick those up at a Carbon Health location near you. Check the Carbon Health app to see where the nearest location is. You can also do things like telehealth there if you're not near a location or you prefer to do your healthcare that way. And thanks, as always, to Carbon Health for being a partner with me here on Charts with Dan. Let's get started and look at the top five for this weekend. And like I said, there's a lot to talk about. Let's look first at the three-day weekend. So this is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And if it was just these three days, Top Gun Maverick would have had a fantastic opening. $126.7 million was the final number from the Friday through Sunday period. That's a fantastic start for a movie that a lot of people weren't sure about. When I did my Top 10 Summer Show, I remember a lot of people saying that I put it too high at number five. I think I probably put it too low when I said it'd be the fifth highest grossing movie of the summer. But a lot of people saying it shouldn't even be on the list because people didn't care because it was an 80s movie that no one would go and see. And we have seen that happen in the past. But obviously, Tom Cruise and the marketing team behind the movie were able to tap into something with people. It helps that the movie was really good. That's always the best thing for a movie is when the movie is actually really good. If you want to see my review, you can click on the little thing up there in the corner. But Top Gun Maverick with $126.7 million opening three-day weekend. But this was a holiday weekend here in the United States. So let's look at what Top Gun Maverick did over the four-day Memorial Day weekend, $160.5 million. That is a new Memorial Day weekend record. Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End held the record, and this is actually an interesting story because there was a little bit of controversy over the weekend because Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End technically held the record at $139 million for many, many years now. And there was an issue with that because it wasn't discovered until Top Gun Maverick started to approach this record that it actually hadn't been calculated correctly in a lot of places, including Box Office Mojo. When Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End came out 15 years ago, believe it or not, it did Thursday night previews, which is something that was somewhat rare for a movie back then. And the way that Box Office Mojo calculated it and most box office analysts calculated it, it was put down as a separate day. So you had the Thursday night preview gross, and then the first four days of the movie. Well, the way that it works now and the way that it worked when calculating Top Gun Maverick's gross is that the Thursday night previews are now rolled into the Friday gross, which becomes part of the opening weekend. The result of that was that the Memorial Day weekend record went from $139 million to $153 million when you rolled in all of those Thursday night grosses from At World's End for the first time in 15 years. And it was actually a really, really close race. The initial estimate had Top Gun Maverick behind that mark, and then it was basically tied with that mark. But when you look at the final result, $160 million, Top Gun Maverick did something that is very actually a good sign for its legs going forward. There are two really good signs. Number one, it did that thing where every time there was an estimate for the weekend, it got higher day by day, which meant that crowds were very enthusiastic for this movie, which meant that the gross grew every time they reported it over the weekend. The other big thing is that Top Gun Maverick had an A-plus cinema score. 
forth. An A-plus cinema score is always good news for a movie because it means an audience loved your movie, and it means that you're very likely to have a lot more in the tank when it comes to box office. Given that A-plus cinema score, let's look at where Top Gun Maverick might land. So I looked at the last five movies that got A-plus cinema scores and opened to $100 million plus, because I think that that's fair. There are a lot of smaller grossing movies that do five, six, seven times their opening weekend based on their cinema score, but that's not quite the same business model. So the last five movies with A-plus cinema scores and openings over $100 million were Spider-Man No Way Home, Avengers Endgame, Incredibles 2, Black Panther, and The Avengers. And you see all of those opening grosses. Basically what it says, for example, Spider-Man No Way Home, 3.09 times opening gross. That means that its final domestic gross was 3.09 times what its opening weekend was. So where does that potentially leave Top Gun Maverick? Well, if it acts like the average film that has an A-plus cinema score and a hundred-plus million dollar opening, or at least an average of the last five movies, that would mean that it would make about three times its opening weekend. And based off of the three-day weekend, not the four-day, but the three-day weekend, that would put Top Gun Maverick around $387 million. Now, there's a lot of what-ifs there. Number one, Top Gun Maverick opened on a four-day weekend. If there was no Monday in play, it's very likely that the three-day would have been even higher. And again, this is the average performance. If it performs even a little bit above average, given its three-day opening weekend numbers, we're easily looking at a $400 million gross, which could also take it above Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness to potentially become summer's number one movie. Now, we're only at Memorial Day, so it's very possible there's a movie like Jurassic World Dominion that could come in and take that crown, but I think what we're seeing here is a very, very pleasing performance in store for Top Gun Maverick. So how did it do this? How did it open so well? We've been looking at demographics a lot lately, and the demographics for Top Gun Maverick were very interesting. Here is Top Gun Maverick versus Spider-Man No Way Home, which is another big blockbuster opening, but you can see some key changes in the demographics here. The male-female split was similar. 58% of the audience for Top Gun Maverick was male versus 63% of the audience for Spider-Man No Way Home. The female audience was slightly higher for Top Gun Maverick with 42% versus 37% for Spider-Man No Way Home. But this is the number that's most interesting to me, the 18 to 34 demographic, which most advertisers consider to be the most lucrative demographic, and certainly the one that drives things like Marvel movies the most. 62% of Spider-Man No Way Home's audience was in the 18 to 34 demographic versus only 37% for Top Gun Maverick. So what does that mean? That means that Top Gun Maverick drove out in great numbers an older audience. And we've talked about this on the show many times before. That's not very easy to do. Downton Abbey did it last week on a much smaller scale. But here with Top Gun Maverick, I think we saw a successful attempt to bring out fans of the original movie that wanted to see this legacy sequel. It's not to say that young people didn't like this movie, but they certainly were a much smaller part of the audience. So that's very impressive. They did not get this huge record Memorial Day opening by tapping into the same audience that delivers huge openings for things like Marvel movies. This was an older audience, and as you can see, a somewhat less diverse audience, 66% white versus 32% for Spider-Man No Way Home, and then down across the board in all of the other demographics. When we talk about uh, what movies are getting developed and which ones are getting made a lot of times people are only aiming for that 18 to 34 demographic the ones that drive the marvel films etc because the thought is that they're the only ones who turn out 
Top Gun Maverick has proven that point to be not true, and it'll be very interesting to track this movie in the weeks ahead. So I mentioned that Top Gun Maverick set the mark for the top Memorial Day weekend of all time. You can see here, $160.5 million. That bumps Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End down to number two with $153 million, followed by Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull with $126.9 million, X-Men The Last Stand at number four with $122.8 million, and then Fast and Furious 6 in fifth place with $117 117 million. But you know what we do on this show. We don't just let sleeping numbers lie. I like to adjust for inflation. And when we adjust for inflation, that bumps Top Gun Maverick down the list a little bit. Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End is now still number one with about a $200 million gross in the 15 years once you adjust for that inflation. The Lost World Jurassic Park actually takes the number two spot way back in 1997 with a $176.9 million performance adjusted. Then X-Men The Last Stand at number three with $169 million adjusted. Top Gun Maverick at number four with $160.5 million. And then it's more or less tied with Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull at $159.2 million. But the drop-off after that is pretty steep. So even if Top Gun and Indiana Jones were to flip flop, that would be pretty much uh, definitively the top five openings adjusted for inflation. So still a top five showing for Top Gun Maverick and Tom Cruise when we talk about the Memorial Day weekend. This also sets some personal records for Tom Cruise. Believe it or not, this is the first time that a Tom Cruise movie has opened to $100 million or more at the box office. I was stunned to learn that. Here are the top five Tom Cruise three-day openings. Top Gun Maverick at number one with $126.7 million. That's the Friday through Sunday gross nearly doubling his previous high, which was 2005's War of the Worlds, with a $64.8 million gross, followed by Mission Impossible Fallout with $61.2 million, Mission Impossible 2 with $57.8 million, and Mission Impossible Rogue Nation with $55.5 million. But as we just did with the Memorial Day weekend, we're going to adjust those numbers for inflation. The big difference being Top Gun Maverick is still the highest opening in Tom Cruise's career, number one with $126.7 million. Right behind it is Mission Impossible 2 with a $118.3 million opening adjusted for inflation. Then Mission Impossible with $115.8 million. War of the Worlds with $91.1 million. And the number five movie, not a Mission Impossible movie, not an action movie. It's 1994's Interview with the Vampire at $78.4 million. A lot of people very curious to see Tom Cruise in that role. A young rising star by the name of Brad Pitt also in that movie. And let's not forget Kirsten Dunst and Christian Slater. It wasn't a one-man show. So a big weekend for the Memorial Day holiday, a big weekend for Tom Cruise, for Top Gun, for Paramount. We'll see the results of that in just a moment. But also for the overall box office. We've been looking at this road to recovery, how the box office this year has been doing compared to the average for the previous five years, discounting uh, the pandemic. And for the third time this year, we have beaten the previous five-year average. You see, this is something that we did only one time last year when Spider-Man No Way Home was released, but the release of the Batman put us over the top, the release of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness put us over the top, and now the release of Top Gun Maverick has put us over the five-year average. You can see we're doing uh, far bigger numbers right now than we were doing this time last year in 2021, and it's a continuing sign that we are getting back to some form of normalcy at the box office. Will we ever consistently get back to where that blue line is, given the streaming and everything that we have today? I don't really know, but the idea that the box office is dead, that movie going was never going to come back, 
we're seeing week by week now for the third time this year uh, that that's not necessarily the case. Is it going to be driven by only the event movies? We don't really know, uh, but great signs for theater owners, certainly, uh, that we've had our third outstanding weekend above average for 2015 through 2019. I mentioned that it was a good weekend for Paramount, and that's because when we look at the box office market share for 2022, these are all movie tickets sold year to date, and the opening of Top Gun Maverick has delivered to Paramount a 5% boost in overall market share for the year. It now has the biggest slice of the box office pie for 2022 at 22%. Paramount's had a great year so far. They had Sonic the Hedgehog 2. They've had now Top Gun Maverick and a lot of other films that are sprinkled along the way. Disney Fox and Universal stay at the same market share. Disney Fox with 18%, Universal with 12%. WB loses two market share points down to 18%. Sony loses two market share points down to 19%. The all other slice lose 1% market share and all five of those go to Paramount. Of course, we'll see Disney Fox make a big comeback when things like Thor 11 Thunder come out later this summer. Universal, hopefully, when uh, Jurassic World Dominion comes out later this summer. But Paramount, they've really been kind of an also-ran studio for quite a long time now. And Tom Cruise actually has been a huge boon to them because I think all five of those top five Tom Cruise openings are all with Paramount, uh, unadjusted for inflation. And here he's delivered another huge box office win for them over the Memorial Day weekend. Just to close out the weekend in non-Top Gun Maverick movies, when we look at the three-day weekend, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was at number two with a 50% drop at $16 million, followed by the Bob's Burgers movie, which was on and off streaming as far as how it was going to be released. Uh, It pays off with a $12.4 million opening over the three days. Downton Abbey, A New Era, we talked last week about how it was sort of the MCU film for the older crowd as far as bringing out people to the theater. Well, it dropped like an MCU film, probably because Top Gun Maverick had a lot of competition there in that older demographic. It dropped 64% in its second week at $5.7 million. And then the bad guys at number five with a 29% drop. When we add in the totals from Monday to look at the four-day weekend, we already mentioned Top Gun Maverick with $160 million. Another $20.3 million for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Bob's Burgers goes up to $14.8 million. Downton Abbey goes up to $7.4 million. And the bad guys goes up to $5.6 million. Before I continue, I want to thank one of my sponsors for today's show, which is Storyblocks, which I think is a fantastic service, particularly if you're making stuff for the internet or for your own purposes. How many times have you searched the internet trying to find the right stock footage, stock clip, or a picture and found out that you have to license it for $100 or $150? Well, with Storyblocks, you're not going to have to worry about that anymore. Storyblocks has an ever-growing library of 4K and HD footage, After Effects and Premiere Pro templates, music, images, sound effects, and more to give you everything you need to bring your stories to life. And it is always growing and demand-driven. All of these assets are also royalty-free, so you can use your downloaded content anywhere for commercial and personal use. And the Storyblocks Unlimited All-Access Plan gives you unlimited downloads for the over 1 million-plus assets in their library, so you can find the perfect fit, create more, and spend less without sacrificing quality. And the thing is, it's super easy to search. What are you looking for? Do you need footage of a dolphin? Do you need some people eating popcorn? How about an old man doing push-ups? Or how about that sound when a submarine dives in a movie? If you need it, chances are Storyblocks has it, and you can choose a plan that works for you from their selection of flexible subscriptions that scale to give you all the content and tools you need to focus on creating and not worrying about budget. And you can find out more right now. 
by heading over to storyblocks.com slash Dan. That's S-T-O-R-Y-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com slash Dan, D-A-N, to check out their library and find the plan that's right for you. Before we move on, I want to actually loop back to something that I talked about last weekend. I was talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and whether it should have made a billion dollars. And there was something that many of you pointed out when it came to a point that I made about a Chinese release and the fact that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will not be getting a Chinese release. And I made a comparison between all the films who have ever made a billion dollars and Doctor Strange. And there was one thing that I shared, which is this list that you're seeing on screen, which is all of the billion dollar growth and I said that these were the movies that made a billion dollars without a Chinese release, and it was only four of them. And that point stands, however, many of you pointed out, and you were quite right to do so, that that was somewhat of an incomplete picture, because yes, I showed the movies that made it to a billion dollars without a Chinese release, but I did not show you the movies that made it to a billion dollars without Chinese revenue, and I wrongly interchangeably even used those terms. And a lot of people said, oh, well, you're being biased or, you know, you are presenting things uh, kind of dishonestly. And and I want to say first and foremost that that was not the case. Uh, I'm very committed on this show to presenting the numbers as they are. Uh, but I also hold oftentimes a lot of other analysis up to a very high standard. That means that I have to hold my own analysis up to that standard. And that was a side of the story that I should have told. And there's really no complex explanation behind it. Other than that, I, I just didn't think to show that data, and I should have. I, I showed an incomplete picture, uh, and, I'm, and I kicked myself for it, uh, but, but I did. And the people that called me out for it were right to call me out because it, it was not the best analysis that I've ever done. So I do want to go back and show that data because it is strikingly different. So here again are the list of movies that made a billion dollars. Here are the list of movies that made a billion dollars without Chinese revenue. And you can see that's a lot more movies. All of these movies were able to make it to the billion dollar mark. If you take away all of the money that it made in the Chinese market, you still lose a healthy chunk of them, but the majority of them still remain. And I should have presented that and included it in my analysis last week. I didn't. Uh, but, I, you know, just to kind of follow up on that, and, and I think to kind of underscore the point that I was trying to make in a much more complete way, uh, where I was saying that uh, I think that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness actually holds up very well if you include the fact that it does not have any revenue coming in from the Chinese market. Uh, this is another uh, kind of chart that I made here. These are the worldwide grosses for the MCU. These are measured in hundreds of millions of dollars. And you can see uh, this is with all markets included. And you can see here right now, and this is my it's about $5 million worth of revenue that came in on Monday that was not included in this chart. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is the 12th highest grossing movie in the Marvel Universe worldwide. Uh, but looking at its box office performance, you see it's pretty even with Spider-Man Homecoming, which made $880 million. It's pretty even with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which made $863 million. And it's pretty even with Thor Ragnarok, which made $853 million. Now, here's that same chart when you take away the revenue from the Chinese market. And I think it still kind of underlines the point that I was trying to make, although I was making it in a very incomplete way, because when you take away all of the Chinese revenue, 
Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness actually goes up one spot. It's now the 11th highest grossing movie in the MCU worldwide, and it stands uh, pretty far above some of the other films that it was equal to. Spider-Man Homecoming, it now outperforms by over $100 million. Thor Ragnarok, it now outperforms by over $100 million. Uh, same with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and it looks like it's likely to settle somewhere around the gross that Spider-Man Far From Home made, uh, excluding revenue from the Chinese market. And so I think it, it, it under scores the point that I was trying to make, which is that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness financially is a hit. It is a success. I think the debate that a lot of people want to have is, is it a disappointment? And I think that's a very much more subjective question than, is it a hit? Because financially, I don't think that you can make a case in good faith that it is not a financial success. It's made nearly $900 million uh, minus any money that might have come in from the Chinese market. Now, if you want to talk about whether it's a disappointment or not, that's largely based on the standards that uh, people as individuals set. And that's a debate that you can have. But I think that that's getting conflated with this question of, is it a hit or not? Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness financially, numerically, mathematically, is a hit. And the whole disappointment conversation, that's a much more subjective conversation that people can have amongst themselves. But I wanted to follow that up, clarify that, apologize for that kind of incomplete analysis. And all I can say is, you know, sometimes I get a little tunnel visioned. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm generally a one-man crew. Mara helps out when and where she can. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, we don't have a full analytical team here. And sometimes I make oversights. I will admit those oversights and do my best to sort of rectify that, admit when I'm wrong. Um, and, and again, I don't think it really changed the results or, or what I was trying to say, but that was incomplete analysis. So I do apologize for that. Let's keep looking at the weekend that was when we look at the three-day weekend, and we'll start with the per-theater averages, and Top Gun Maverick, as you might imagine, was the top per-theater average in the country, $26,760 in 4,735 theaters, many people estimating, by the way, that is the widest release ever for any movie, over 4,700 theaters, so that's pretty impressive. At number two is Freak Scene, the story of Dinosaur Jr., uh, which some people may put an asterisk on it because from what I've read, it was a combination of a showing of this documentary and then a performance from the band. And some people would say like, well, then that's not really a movie screening, is it? Well, you know, it counts as a movie screening. I think that there's a lot of discussion to be had. Kevin Smith, a lot of people were having that same discussion when he was releasing uh, Jane Silent Bob Reboot because he was also doing Q&A there. And so people saying, well, are they paying for the Q&A? Are they paying for the movie? There are interesting distinctions to be had. We talked about it with the BTS concert film as well, but it goes down in the box office books, so that's how I'm going to report it. At number three in its second weekend, the South Korean film The Roundup with $8,300 in 12 theaters. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was at number four, and the Bob's Burgers movie was at number five with $3,600 in just over 3,400 theaters. Here are the top five in limited release. Those would be in 1,000 or fewer theaters. The number one movie we've seen this many times over this year is a film out of India called F3, Fun and Frustration, which played in 400 theaters and made over a million dollars in the specialty box office. 2,000 Mules in its second week drops almost 80% in 340 theaters for $163,000. The Roundup is at number three with just over $100,000 in its 12 theaters. Montana Story had a big expansion. We saw 
saw this movie a couple weeks ago when it was in very few theaters, but it expands to 290 theaters and a $98,000 gross. And The Duke in its sixth week is down to 100 theaters, but still brings in another $80,000. When we look at the limited release top 10 grocers for the year, there is no change from last week. The top 10 stays exactly where it is. There are actually not even any gross updates uh, for the week, BTS Permission to Dance stays at number one, followed by KGF Chapter 2, Cyrano, The Worst Person in the World, the limited release portion of Everything Everywhere All at Once is released, Parallel Mothers, which took in $2.2 million this calendar year since January 1st, Amma at number seven, Drive My Car at number eight, Radha Shyam at number nine, and Family Camp, again, the portion of its release, which took place in limited release, at number 10. We are in the midst of the summer movie season, and since it's Memorial Day, you can't even really debate whether it is summer movie season anymore. This used to be the unofficial kickoff. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness holding down the number one spot, of course, for right now with $374.7 million. But Top Gun Maverick enters the chart at number two, and with an A-plus cinema score, it could have missile lock on Doctor Strange in the future. We're just going to have to keep tracking that. Downton Abbey New Era moves down one spot to number three. The Bob's Burgers movie opens at number four. That bumps Firestarter down two spots to number five, Men also dropping two spots to number six, and Family Camp dropping two spots to number seven. When we look at my summer box office predictions, my number one prediction is still in that number one spot, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, so it's locked in with that green color there. Eight of my movies have yet to come out, although a lot of them are coming out in June as we are getting to the end of the month here. Top Gun Maverick, which I predicted to be the fifth highest grossing movie of the year, is currently ranked number two, so that yellow color means that it's a movie that I picked for the top 10, but that is not currently in the position that I picked it to finish in. So a lot still to come with the top 10 and my predictions. It was a big weekend domestically, but it was also a big weekend for Top Gun Maverick outside of the domestic market. So let's look at the international market. These are the top five films internationally. Top Gun Maverick made $124 million around the world outside of the domestic market. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, $22.9 million, followed by the Roundup. Again, it's a huge hit. Uh, in South Korea with 17.3 million. The Bad Guys at number four with 5.7 million and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 at number five with 3.9 million. When we combine the international numbers and the domestic numbers, we get our worldwide box office for this past weekend and Tom Cruise had his biggest debut worldwide ever. Top Gun Maverick gets over $250 million worldwide in its opening weekend with a couple of major markets still to come. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is at number two with 38.9 million. The Roundup at number three with 17.4 million. The Bob's Burgers movies at number four with 13.1 million. And The Bad Guys at number five with 10.1 million. One note with Top Gun Maverick, one of those big markets that it currently does not have a date to open in is China. And as I noted in my review of the film, there were some patches on the back of Tom Cruise's jacket that raised some eyebrows back in 2019 because they were modified from the original film. It was specifically the flag of Japan and the flag of Taiwan. A lot of people saying that those were changed in order to get the movie released in the Chinese market. Well, I can say, as I noted uh, earlier last week, that those patches are unaltered in the version of the film that I saw and that also rolled out around the world. So that may be Paramount saying, you know what, screw it, and not going for the Chinese release because they figure, well, so few American films are getting released in China right now anyway. Maybe there's a modified version for the Chinese market, but given the fact that it's unaltered for the rest of the world, I think that makes it far less likely that Chinese censors are going to let it through. So are we seeing the end of the era where studios begin to tailor-make their films for the Chinese market in order to get them released? 
I don't know, but it's a very interesting question when we talk about this new era of movie going. Looking at 2022 in general, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness overtakes the Batman. It is now the number one grossing movie of the year domestically with just under $375 million. The Batman now the number two domestic grosser of the year with $369.3 million. Sonic the Hedgehog stays at number three for now, but Top Gun Maverick is going to pass it very soon. It's at number four with $160.5 million. It passes Uncharted in its first weekend. Uncharted bumps down to number five. The Lost City loses one spot down to number six, but it did pass the $100 million threshold. And I actually noted this on Twitter, a couple of big milestones for both Tom Cruise and Sandra Bullock and Brad Pitt. With the $100 million gross of Top Gun Maverick, Tom Cruise has now had $100 million plus domestic grocers in five straight decades, the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. With the Lost City making $100 million, Sandra Bullock and Brad Pitt now get $100 million plus domestic grocers in four straight decades, the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. So that is a big landmark for them. Daniel Radcliffe, by the way, that puts him into three different decades with 100 plus million dollar movies. So that's pretty impressive. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore does not look like it's going to crawl over that $100 million mark. It drops down one spot to number seven with $94.9 million. The Bad Guys stays at number eight because it passed the gross of Scream, which drops two spots to number nine. Morbius drops one spot to number 10. Its days are numbered. It's about to get staked. And Dog, after a great run early this year, drops out of the domestic top 10. When we look at this calendar year domestically, so these are all tickets sold since January 1st. Again, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness has sold the most tickets this year, or at least has earned the most money, followed by the Batman. Spider-Man No Way Home is at number three. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is at number four. Top Gun Maverick enters the chart at number five, bumping Uncharted and The Lost City down one spot each, as well as Fantastic Beasts and Scene 2. And then the bad guys overtaking 2022 Scream means that Scream is now off the chart and the bad guys remains there. When we broaden our horizons to look worldwide, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is extending its lead over the Batman. It has now sold $877.6 million in tickets worldwide, so it looks destined to cross the $900 million threshold. The Batman stays at number two. The Battle at Lake Changjin 2 stays at number three. Uncharted is past $400 million and stays at number four. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore Goes up one spot to number five, but I don't know how long it's going to stay there because Top Gun Maverick is closing quickly. Too Cool to Kill drops down one spot to number six. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is at number seven. Top Gun Maverick enters the chart with its gross, including Monday grosses, now at about $282 million worldwide. Nice View is at number nine, dropping down one spot. The Bad Guys drops down one spot as it crosses $200 million worldwide. And The Lost City drops out of the 2022 box office top ten. We have a little bit of pomp and circumstance to do here because we have another entry into the 365-day Hall of Fame. This is the worldwide box office for the previous 365 days, so if you take today's date, roll it back one year, these are the top 10 movies. Spider-Man No Way Home, still number one. The Battle at Lake Chungjin, number two. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, number three. No Time to Die, number four. The Batman at number five. But we have a bunch of things moving up one spot because F9, the latest Fast and Furious film, believe it or not, 
not. It has been a year since it started its global rollout. It opened in a lot of global markets a few weeks before its US debut. So F9 now has been on this chart for 365 straight days, which means we rotate it out. The Battle at Lake Chungjin 2 bumps up one spot. Venom Let There Be Carnage jumps up one spot. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings jumps up one spot. Sing 2 jumps up one spot. And Eternals is back on the chart with a $402 million gross. Although, again, uh, it should enjoy its time. It's been back on and eliminated and back on and eliminated a couple of different times. Uh, but let's all take a moment to welcome now our fourth entrance into the 365-day Hall of Fame, F9. Now joining Tenet, Demon Slayer, Mugen Train, and Godzilla vs. Kong as our fourth movie that has spent 365 whole days on the charts it will be joined by many others but in many ways f9 is one of the landmark global hits as everyone began to emerge from the worst phase of the pandemic before we had some spikes later on in the year but congratulations f9 you were in some uh, somewhat distinguished company before we move on it is a day for stories here on charts with dan because i want to thank my other sponsor for today which is story worth as you probably know, I moved from California to Arkansas back in 2020, and one of my favorite things is that I get to spend so much more time with my family, and specifically one of those family members is my great uncle, who I've been able to see several times last year and this year, and one of my favorite parts is that he has told me so many stories about himself, about my family, that I never knew. These were all things that I'd never heard before, and it got me thinking about how many stories I was missing out on, and literally by complete coincidence, I had a chance to partner up with StoryWorth. StoryWorth is a way to collect those family stories, and with Father's Day coming up, it is the perfect gift to give your father or father figure to help preserve your family's history. Every week, StoryWorth will email your family member a thought-provoking question of your choice from a vast pool of options. I started one with my mom several weeks ago, and I've learned things by asking, what were your grandparents like? And what were your memories of the moon landing? Stories that she'd never shared with me before. I really loved reading the answers that I've gotten so far. I learned a story about my grandfather, that he used to bring home six-foot rattlesnakes, the unlucky ones, because they were no longer alive. But he, he would go out in the forest, he, was, he would survey forest and timber and stuff, and he would bring them home to show my mom when she was a kid. Just these huge, she found a picture of him with this massive rattlesnake. It's something that I'd never heard before. And it was a fun memory that I don't know if I would have heard without StoryWorth. And it's not just sharing his memories. After one year, StoryWorth compiles all of the questions and stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that the whole family can share for generations. So you can give all of the fathers in your life a meaningful gift that you can both cherish for years to come with StoryWorth. Right now, for a limited time, you can save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash Merle. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash Merle, M-U-R-R-E-L-L, to save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash Merle. Before we look at what people were watching at home, I always like to do a flashback to a previous weekend in box office history, and we're going to go back 22 years to another Memorial Day weekend that saw another Tom Cruise movie have a huge opening, and that is May 26th through 29th, 2000. This is the actual four-day Memorial Day weekend. Mission Impossible 2 opening with $70.8 million over the four-day weekend, so Tom Cruise, 22 years later, still doing the same stuff, only now. 
now better. Disney's Dinosaur, which is not one of the more remarkable Disney movies, at least for me, obviously. Uh, a lot of people younger than me were turning out to see it back in the year 2000 because in its second week, it made $32 million. The Jackie Chan, Owen Wilson team up, Shanghai Noon, opened at number three with $19.6 million. Gladiator, in its fourth week, people forget how early that movie opened and then went on to win Best Picture, but in its fourth week, making $17 million. And then at number five, the movie Road Trip, which marks the second consecutive week, completely by coincidence, that DJ Qualls has been in the flashback uh, for the previous weekend that we're looking at. So congratulations, DJ Qualls. That's two weekends in a row for you. Before we go, I always like to look at what people are watching at home, and we'll start with the rental chart over on iTunes. And at number one is The Lost City, which opened its rental window up uh, this previous week. So it shoots number one because you can both buy and rent it now on iTunes. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore opened its purchase and premium video on demand, which is the 1999 rental price window. So that is at number two. The original Top Gun goes to number three. Uncharted stays on the chart at number four. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 entering the chart, now available for purchase only on iTunes. The Contractor, which we've seen on the chart a couple times, jumps up to number six. The Bad Guys is at number seven. Top Gun Maverick, just the pre-orders for that movie alone. People excited coming out of the theater and said, I'm going to go ahead and buy it. That was good enough for number eight on the iTunes chart. The Northman there at number nine and Spider-Man No Way Home at number 10. Also racing up the iTunes charts this weekend, Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill from Stranger Things, which got to the number one spot. Uh, that's what I was watching this weekend, along with a, a few other shows. It's been a lot, of, a lot of watching going on here in the house, but you're going to see the results of that later this week because I've got some fun reviews coming out, just a little teaser for what's coming later on. Let's look at what people are watching on Netflix, or at least what they watched the week of May 16th through the 22nd. Senior year is still a big draw with 62.4 million hours watched globally. That's a possible finished view number, which is what PFV stands for, of 33.2, meaning 33.2 million Netflix users based on the runtime of the movie could potentially have finished that program. The Lincoln Lawyer, the Netflix original series, is at number two. It has the most hours watched for the week with over 108 million with a PFV number of 13.1. The Netflix movie Dangerous is at number three with a PFV of 10.9, followed by the Netflix series Who Killed Sarah season three with a PFV of 10.1. The Netflix movie Toscana at number five with a PFV of 9.9. .9. Those are all new entries onto the chart. Sonic the Hedgehog, which is not available domestically, but is being watched in great numbers internationally at number six with a PFV of 9.7. Followed by Our Father with an 8.4 PFV, The Perfect Family with an 8.1 PFV, and then two new entrants, Jackass 4.5 with a PFV of 8.0. Interesting, I'd love to see contractually how that worked because Jackass Forever, the movie, is on Paramount+, Plus, but Jackass 4.5 is on Netflix. So that's one of those weird quirks, I'm sure, of contractual language. And then the Netflix movie, A Perfect Pairing, coming in at number 10 with a PFV of 7.8. In a couple of weeks, when we see the numbers from Stranger Things, I know that this is a cliche with Netflix, but there was a press release that went out right before I started taping the Stranger things set a global record for hours watched it seems like everything does but i think stranger things actually probably is a pretty impressive number when we look at the rest of these so i'll be looking forward to crunching those numbers when netflix releases them uh, in the coming days this is a newer chart, but I like to look at the data that's provided by Nielsen as far as streaming. Now, these are delayed by a little bit more. This is for the week of April 25th through May 1st. So this is about a month's worth of delay. But this also includes some streaming numbers that we don't have. Unfortunately, not all streaming services take part 
uh, right now in this collection of data. So you're not going to see things like HBO Max and Paramount Plus on this chart. I hope that we do in the future because I'd love to see how things like The Batman are sprinkled in here. But let's look first at the most watched streaming movies for the week of April 25th through May 1st. This is domestically, so here in the United States, with a minimum view of two plus minutes. Encanto remains number one with 7.3 million hours watched, followed by Turning Red, which remains number two with six million hours watched. The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe on Netflix and 365 Days This Day on Netflix, both debuting on the chart. 4.2 million hours watched on the Marilyn Monroe film, 365 Days generating 3 million hours hours watched. Moana is at number five on Disney Plus with 2.6 million, followed by Netflix's How It Ends with 2.4 million hours watched. Luca on Disney Plus generating 2.3 million watched hours, followed by Silverton Siege on Netflix with 1.9 million watched hours. Kung Fu Panda 3, another library title on Netflix with 1.7 million hours, and The Atom Project with 1.6 million hours. Then when we look at the most watched streaming series, and again, this is for the week of April 25th through May 1st in the United States with a minimum view of two plus minutes, Ozark at number one easily with 42.9 million hours watched. In about a month, we're going to see Stranger Things up there with reportedly a, an even higher number. Coco Melon there at number two. People are just putting it on for their kids. Grace and Frankie at number three. Moon Knight still doing well on the charts. It's the only series on this list that does not have multiple full seasons available. This is based just off of where Moon Knight was in its run, which I think was its fourth or fifth episode at this point. So it just kind of goes to show you the volume of people that are watching Moon Knight. 11.3 million hours watched. NCIS on Netflix at number five with 10 million hours watched. Selling Sunset at number six. That's a debut on the chart with 9.7 million hours watched. Followed by Heartland on Netflix. Better Call Saul on Netflix, which I believe was number one last week. Bridgerton on Netflix and Criminal Minds. Surprise on Netflix. And that wraps up the show for this week. The good news for Top Gun Maverick is it basically faces no competition at the box office. There are no new wide releases opening theatrically this weekend. So it's got the theaters all to itself. The most notable release that I could find is uh, Crimes of the Future, which is the new David Cronenberg film starring Viggo Mortensen and Kristen Stewart opens its LA and New York run this weekend. That seems like a movie that's going to generate a lot of interest, so I'm almost sure we're going to see that here on the show next week when we look at our per theater average. It may even have one of the best this year because I'm sure a lot of people are very curious about that film. But as far as wide releases, it is a clear runway for Top Gun Maverick, so we will see how it does. Generally, those movies with A-plus cinema scores don't have huge drop-offs in their second weekends, but most A-plus movies also don't open to $100-plus million. So we'll see how Top Gun Maverick holds up, how the summer box office picture is looking, and we're counting down now a couple weeks till the opening of Jurassic World Dominion, which is looking to make some big waves also in the summer box office season. Thank you so much for watching, and thanks again to my partner, Carbon Health, also my sponsors, Storyblocks and Storyworth. You can check out those spots and all of those links down in the description below. If you want to see what I'm up to, you can check me out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Dan Merle. I'll see you back here very soon. I've got a couple of TV reviews that I'm working on. The new episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi, you'll be getting a review for that early tomorrow morning. And then the debut of a very popular streaming series that I'll be excited to review later this week. And who knows what else? I've got so much stuff. I have literally right now a feature-length review of season two of Star Trek Picard. It is 80 minutes long. I'm still cutting everything down. I want to try to get it out this week, but given its length, I may not be able to. Uh, but I had a lot to say, a lot to say about the second season of Star Trek Picard. So stay tuned for that very soon. Thank you so much for watching. Please, until next time, stay safe 
and I'll see you then.